Welcome to episode four of season six of the Simplify and Multiply show. Today, I'm going to be having a conversation with Kara Bradley. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Well, hello, Kara. Welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. I'm so happy you're here all the way from the west coast of Florida. (laughs) It's great to be here and it's great to be in sunny Florida. Thanks for having me, Terry. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want you to go back up to PA. I want you to stay down here with us in Florida. We're enjoying and we're enjoying some really nice, uh, nice weather here. So uh, in order to get us uh, started, I'd love for you to share a little bit about because I love your background and actually the work you're doing now, especially uh, about your business and what you're doing and just kind of how you got into this entrepreneurial craze of yours, because I know that what you're going to be sharing today is going to be so valuable to my solopreneur uh, audience. So please just tell us a little bit about your background, the work you're doing today. Yeah, well, I have been on my own since I was 25. And when I quit my job as an investment banker in New York City and started my own thing. And really since then, and and actually before then, I've been anything from an entrepreneur to a solopreneur. And I've probably been more of a solopreneur than an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, but the last 16 years, I've been running a yoga center with employees and teachers and staff and uh, just sold that business at the end of December. So my entire life has been spent with my head deep in plans and strategies and creativity and what if I do this and oh, we can do that. And uh, that's really what fuels me every single day. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it's so exciting. And talk about some of the work that you're leaning into now that you've uh, sold your uh, yoga studio and that was really the work you were doing in that studio kind of fed into this new model that you're, you're putting together. Yeah, so I've spent, like I said, the last 16 years managing employees, holding on to a lease, you know, and doing all the bricks and mortar stuff that right. that most small businesses have to deal with. Right. And one thing that my husband and I have absolutely committed ourselves to is never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Never, ever. But yet... When you have the fire of creativity and innovation and you know that you can just get stuff done, you yeah. know, you can't that you can't rip that out of you. So there's always going to be something else. And and I have been speaking and been on the, the speaking circuit for the last couple of years, but that's really not it for me. It's not all of it. I certainly love to share what I've learned and, and especially as a performance coach. But for me, I love working with people. I just don't want people working for me anymore. Oh, amen. I'm with you, sister. <laughs> In a major way. Yeah. Got it. Got it. 
Yeah, so for the last year, we have been exploring possibilities within an early stage direct sales company, which is something I've never done before. But because the company is focused on mental wellness, it really aligns perfectly with my experience and my passion. So we have taken this business model, which in some ways has been tainted because of just, you know, poor execution for lack of, right? And we are looking at it with the eyes of experienced entrepreneurs and saying, okay, well, how do we build a business on our own and help other people understand how to become entrepreneurs or solopreneurs. But we do this together and we do it in a way that is fun and exciting and creative and innovative. And I'll tell you, Terry, that I think right now, the time we are, you know, we're still in pandemic mode, um, being in business for yourself is is absolutely one of the, the best directions we can all go. Mm-hmm. But to be in business by yourself and be just by yourself is scary and it's not a lot of fun. It can be extraordinarily stressful. So I think that we can all, no matter what you're doing right now, find ways to collaborate more with others. I like that. And I, I like that you added that in there because I think that the the at least my experience is that people who were not normally used to being kind of sequestered to their homes found it very uncomfortable from the standpoint of you know the social interaction and just being out there in the world doing their work and for me i work from home pretty much all the time and i i travel a little bit but for the most part i'm i'm pretty much sequestered all the time so for me it wasn't that big of a change <laughs> But I i mean, I've been in business for myself for 14 years working that way. So its it fits my temperament. It fits my personality. And But yet I, there are times when I'm like a little stir crazy and I need to get out and be interactive with other people and, and have that community support. So you brought up something really important about, you know, the, the things that cross a solopreneur's mind, even an entrepreneur's mind when it comes – to making that shift and taking that bold step into their own business. And as you know, this is the season that's all about how beliefs shape your business, because what we believe is basically what attracts and creates our reality. So that mindset that we have can make or break our business. And I love what you were also sharing about, you know, exploring this direct sales model, but yet within that model, kind of maybe popping out some side doors and giving it some air and bringing in some new ideas that make it better. And that's what I love about what you're doing. And I'm going to be very closely monitoring how the (laughs) success goes of this new venture that you're on, you and your husband, because I think it's really cool. Direct sales definitely needs some improvement. I will just leave it at that. It definitely does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But let's get back to mindset. So I I know that you uh, you do a ton of work you know, with the the body mind and, you know, the, the like you said, the performance, right? You're a performance coach. And so there's so many um, messages and training and just good uh, inspirational speeches and keynotes that you've been able to deliver as a result of, of being in this expertise, this wheelhouse. What are some of the things, not only as an entrepreneur slash solopreneur, what are some of the things that are like more obvious from the standpoint of like really big mindset blocks that people might have? 
Mm, that's a great question. I have a couple of answers to that. Firstly, I have been focused on helping people understand how to be future ready. Mm, future ready. That. How can we be ready for this future that is so uncertain? We have no idea how everything is going to unfold from this point forward. But what does that mean as far as a mindset? What are some future-ready mindsets? In fact, I just did a free mini course called Future-Ready Mindsets for <laughs> Aspiring Entrepreneurs. Nice. And, I, and I, I showcase five mindsets that I think um, are really key going forward. And I don't have to go through all of them. But one important one I feel is, and, and we all struggle with it, I think, especially solopreneurs, being so in our own head, right? We yeah. are in oh. our own head. <laughs> all the time. Right? All the time. And and the the future ready mindset is you're not late. You're not late. I think when we work by ourselves for ourselves, it is so easy to think somebody else has done it already. Somebody else is better than I am. Oh, they're first to the game. I, you know, I'm too, I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm not, I'm not enough. And I think if we can remember and, and really continue to remind ourselves, I'm not late. I am actually exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm exactly at the perfect time with my perfect amount of expertise, with these perfect insights to put forward my best expression, my unique expression. So that you know, when I've said that to people and I've seen that their shoulders drop like four inches, mm. right? Just that reminder of you're not late to anything. Yeah. And I can see how that, that is also can correlate to fear of missing out, totally. you know, like almost like the, I guess the opposite, like jumping the gun, like getting on a bandwagon when, when just because everybody else is or that you think everybody else is when probably they're not mm-hmm. <laughs> because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity. And that fear of that FOMO, F-O-M-O, um, is something that is used a lot in marketing and sales. But I, I can see how that can also correlate to what you were just saying about, you know, that mentality or the mindset around feeling that you're late late to the game. So why bother? It's almost like a way of talking yourself out of something that really is scary, that, you know, taking a step to invest some money or to buy some equipment or to really be more bold and step out into your brand and be more public with your with your message uh, can be something like, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that because I'm too late or it's not you know, that's just not me. And it ends up being some justification that's really backed by a fear, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. What are some of the – I'm curious now because yeah. you said five. So I'm like, you got to at least touch on the other All four. All right. I'll give you a couple. <laughs> um, and, and so being future ready, by the way, is really about being agile. It's about mm. being light on your feet and light and flexible in what is happening. So we really are being called to listen to what is emerging and this is just, this is the practice of emergence, which is really a body-mind practice. It's, it's getting out of your way enough, like getting out mm-hmm. of your head enough for long enough so that you can really sense into the next word that needs to be said, the next email, the next reach out, the next whatever it is. We are 
so extraordinarily intelligent. And this is really, you know, from my, from my years of teaching yoga, meditation, mental practices, and performance training, I have such faith in humans as intelligent beings. And we often cut ourselves off at the neck, so to speak, because we're so stuck in old mindsets, fixed mm. mindsets, belief systems. Yeah. And so when we can start to let go and really trust the intuition, right, which is really just a sensory perception, we will know exactly the next step to take. So being forward ready is really about being very light on your feet and agile moment to moment which is really fun, by the way. It's really kind of fun to live that way. So um, so that doesn't answer your question because that wasn't necessarily one yeah, of the that's mindsets. that's good stuff. Yeah, it's good <laughs> because stuff. Because it made me think about connectedness. You know, we I don't think that we know how powerful we really are. We're so busy and externally focused on the things that are happening around us and reactive. We don't take the time, in general, I'm generally speaking, to sit and reconnect with that inner voice and that intuition that's actually really guiding us to allow what what you were just saying about emergence. You know, what can I create? What can I emerge from within that's really driven by my desire to live the life I want to do, live and do what I want to do and the way I want to impact people around me? Yeah. And, and there is so much extraordinary information coming through our body mind every second that it would it would literally blow your mind if you realized yeah, how much how how much is happening subconsciously mm -hmm. it's not unconscious it's actually subconscious so what but are the you know you brought yeah. something up really at, I, I yeah. have to <clears throat> excuse me I have to jump in because yes, you brought, that just made me think it's that it's that unconscious subconscious trash mind trash that is has a louder voice than because we've bought into it and that's what i keep saying to myself about beliefs it's like it's just a thought you keep thinking over and over and you agree with it and you keep you know you make it into a, a real belief like it's a fact it's not a fact it's just something you've chosen to believe in right and i think that that uh the way that we let that that mind trash and those decisions that we've already made about ourselves, those beliefs that we already have about ourselves, like I suck at sales and I can never come up with something innovative or, oh, there's a bunch of other people already doing that, so I'm too late, right? That's a belief right there. And I love that. I'm going to use that. That's so cool. I love that. Um, and so those are the things, like what I find is that I, because I, and this is, you know, the untrained brain, those, you know, loud voices of the lack of confidence, and that's lifelong stuff that you get from when you're a kid, right? So it's always going to have a predominant place, like a permanent place. It feels permanent, like that's who I am. That's my identity. And what I've been working on most of my adult life, <laughs> and it seems like it's it's a never-ending job, but is to really step like around that and let the the intuition voice, the kind voice, the loving voice, the trusting voice, the voice that says everything's going to be okay, the voice that says you're amazing, go for it, the kind of like your your mental spiritual cheerleader, if you will. And I think that that's the real gift in when you reconnect. I don't know where this is coming from, by the way. I'm just kind of <laughs> stream of consciousness. You're in flow. Not, you know, yeah, I'm in flow. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and it just when you connect with that 
and that's why I love what you just said, and that's why I said about connectedness, you know, mm. is to be able to let that voice get more resonant with you and louder so the other trashy stuff that doesn't support who you really are, doesn't support what your future casting is, mm. and the things that you want to do, uh, you know, gets in the way. So for it to come in front of that or step around that is I think that's the real mental exercise that we need to do. So, sorry, I just had to get in there and just no, I love it. Offer that. Well, and that and that's really it because there is an extraordinary extraordinary amount of insight and intelligence that's emerging in every second, but there are also obstacles in the way. And mm -hmm. and meditation and yoga, you know, they've been practices I've studied and have taught for decades, really are helpful in allowing us the time and space to see our patterns, mental and physical, and then remove the obstacles that are no longer serving us. So if you think about a yoga pose, you know, if you're tight and stiff, the, the energy, right, the chi or prana is not going to be moving through you quite mm -hmm. with the same force. But when you start to open up the body and you change the patterns, bam, like you are just on fire. And so what I ask people is, do you want to be a garden hose or a fire hose in life? Because um, you could be either, you know, garden hose doesn't have nearly the power, but it does have, you know, it gets kinked up pretty easily. You know, when you kink up and you, you're kind of twisted around, there's not I as know much. mine does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can so never wind it back up the right way. <laughs> that's right. And who wants to anyway? But, but, yeah, but in this analogy, case, yeah. you know, who, but, but in this case, when you start to really look at your patterns, and really a mindset's just a pattern, right? It's a, it's a, it's yeah. a system of thoughts that you start to believe. I think the way you put it is that, that you start to agree with. Isn't that right? Yeah. 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 And, and it's just a pattern. So if it's not serving you anymore, then we can dismantle and deconstruct and actually dissolve those patterns just as you start to open up a muscle or a set of muscles. And so it's, that's why it's so important, I think, as solopreneurs. It's so easy for us to get overly busy with yes. tasks, tasks, oh, tasks gosh, all yeah. day long. And what you're really doing when you're too task-oriented is that you're creating a lot of... Um, uh, you know, a lot of, you're, you're putting out a lot of little fires in, in some respects, mm. or you're just putting out a lot of little. And, but when yeah. you start to, when you take the time to go beneath just the, um, the little things every day, and you really look at the root systems of, and the root causes or the source code of what's going on, this is how you set yourself up for massive freedom and success. And I put the two like in the same sentence because success to me is freedom much more so than I agree. You know, a new yeah. car. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you getting the sense that there may be some long held beliefs getting in the way of your business thriving? A solopreneur business can be challenging at times to say the least. Everything from simplifying marketing to keeping your pipeline filled with a steady stream of great clients, there is a ton to do to run your business and be successful. The cause of these challenges may not necessarily be the economy, a missing marketing tactic or strategic action you're not taking, but a hidden belief that doesn't serve you or your business. The good news is you can uncover and change a belief that's sabotaging your business happiness, and I have the tools that'll help you. 
You'll find them inside my new home for solopreneurs, Pappy Club. I invite you to join for free right now. Get what you need to crush those limiting beliefs and define new beliefs that support business success and your overall happiness. Head over to pappyclub.com to sign up and start infusing your thinking with positive beliefs that support how awesome you are and all of the great things you've yet to accomplish in your business and life. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-L-U-B.com to sign up now and I'll see you there. I know that's what drives me in my, you know, why I do what I do and also uh, why I set up my business the way I did. Um, you know, and you can still have passion. You can still deliver value and all those things while you're having freedom and create a, a lifestyle uh, business that supports that lifestyle. And uh, and I think that's really important. So when you're looking at these uh, these shifts, noticing patterns and things like that, it's it's one thing to just say, okay, this is what you need to do, but let's make it practical for for my listener. And what I'd love for maybe you to walk us through is like for someone who doesn't really have the ability to identify their patterns, like they don't have that level of awareness yet, or they're so close. This was my problem. So close to their own stuff that they don't see it. In fact, I... Um, I literally in the last week became aware of a pattern that was caused by devaluing myself that completely blew my mind. And this this pattern was something I was doing in my business as well as my personal life. And I never and Kara, let me tell you, I've been through some stuff from the standpoint of like self-help and courses and gurus and, you know, Tony Robbins and all these people that are out there changing the world and transformative this and transformative that. I have been there, done that, right? Hey, so, I've walked on coals as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's like you go through all that stuff and you, you invest all that time and you, you work yourself through therapy or whatever it is and you think okay, I'm on the other side. I, I don't have to deal with that crap anymore. I, I don't have any more blind spots or I don't have any more patterns. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be 58 this year and I just discovered a huge pattern in that devaluing self and it's blown my mind. And it, it took me getting some help. You know, I had to, I got connected with a coach, a very unique approach, and it uncovered this whole new dimension that is really uh been life-changing for me, uh, what I can see so far. But, you know, and at this age, I can still have that kind of a breakthrough. So I really want to provide practical tips or insights for my listener. So what can you offer as far as for someone who really can, like I said, can identify those patterns or, you know, they just don't know their blind spots and they, they're not really sure about meditation or they've tried it and they haven't had, you know what I mean? They're just kind of in that place where it's like, yeah, Carol, that sounds great. Yeah, Terry, that sounds awesome. But dudes, I'm like dealing with some shit right now and I need help. So I'm going to let you just kind of speak to that if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. And I, I've done a lot of work on understanding optimal states. And what is our optimal state? Well, actually, we are at our best when we are both calm and clear or mm. alert and at ease. So this is a coherent state, and it's also a definition of being mindful, right? Just paying attention on purpose. Right. But, you know, if those words trip you up, it's okay. It's really about being calm and clear. 
And so when we become familiar with what it feels like to be at our best state, and this is one of the things that, and, and just like you, Terry, I mean, I've been through the self-help, you know, since I walked on coals at 23 with Tony Robbins, you know, it's been a long journey. And what I feel that is missing in a lot of our self-help information out there is actually helping people to become familiar with what it feels like to be at their best. So in other words, we're always just, we're, we're always climbing the top to the top of the mountain, but nobody ever, actually ever tells us or, or points us to what it may feel like to be at our best. And this is what I wrote my whole book about is our natural state of mm. being. When we are in our natural state of brightness and clarity and calm, it's where we do everything better. So what I ask people is think about places, people, or activities that you do day to day can have nothing to do with work. In fact, most of it won't have anything to do with work, but places okay. where you feel most alive. So what would that be like for you? Where would that be for you, Terry? Where do you feel most alive? What are you doing? Who are you with? Totally when I'm out in nature. For me, it's outside. And uh, even if I'm just on a simple walk around my neighborhood, because I'm very tuned into the natural world. I'm always looking at trees. I'm like that, you know, Ferdinand the bull, you know, is looking <laughs> at the butterflies out in the field, right? And and I just, I'll see a bird and I'll be like, oh, that's a loggerhead shrike. And, you know, or I'll see a, a flower and I'm like, oh, look what's bloom. I mean, I'm like this little two-year-old when I'm out on a nature walk. So for me, it's being out in nature. Absolutely. And for so many of us, in fact, it's almost hands down being in nature, top of a mountain, at the beach, you know, in the woods is where mm -hmm. we come alive. So why not study that? Why not really yeah. get to know what you feel like? when you're clear and alert in, in a natural setting. And for a lot of people, it's music or cooking or reading or their hobby or, you know, moving their body in a certain way. And when we can use that as our home base, then we can start to recognize when we're not there, what's going on. So right. I call this busy me or best me. And, Ooh, and like moment that. to moment, yeah, this is like my whole keynote was busy me or best me. <laughs> who, are, who are you when you're being a busy me? Well, when we're busy, and I use that phrase just as a, as a container, we are usually on speed. We're scattered. We, feel, mm. we may play small, right? We may feel separate, most likely feel separate, right? We just, a lot of the S words, I, I pull out the S words. Mm. When, when we are in our busy mind, we are not at our best. It's like an athlete who goes out on, I worked with a lot of athletes, basketball, football, and I would tell them like, guys, you know, you go out there and you're in your head, you're in doubt, forget about it. Like you're not going to sense what needs to happen or where your teammates are. But if we can go out on the court when we're calm and clear, if we can become familiar with what that feels like, then we have a roadmap back to that. And then then we can't, we're unstoppable. So the roadmap back for people may be just to get yourself out in the woods before the big presentation, right? Or it may be just to be still and silent before you need to show up big time or to pause before the confrontation. So we need that roadmap back to best me. 
What does it feel and, like and to be like? And what I like about me? that, yeah, and what I love that best me. And what I love about what you were, what I was kind of hearing in the background of what you were just sharing, the la- that last part was like that allows us to tap into our intuition and get that kinetic connectedness. Totally, 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 exactly. Yeah. So just even asking, am I busy me or am I best me? And in best me, I use the C words. We are clear, calm, confident, mm. coherent. We, mm. we are compassionate. We feel connected. Oh, We're I creative. I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, the list goes on. That's and awesome. So, yeah. And the C word, Kara. Kara. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, never, I never made that connection. <laughs> there you go. That's how connected I am right now. <laughs> connected with Kara. Yeah. That is awesome. I really like that. And, you know, I, I think that it is, I, I love the comparison of busy me, best me. Because I'm just sitting here nodding my head going, oh, my God, I so get that. And, like, when I'm in work mode, that's that's my busy me, right, work mode. But here's when I'm best me, when I'm actually engaging one-on-one with a client and guiding them. And really just not letting them trap themselves in their own sh- crap you know Mm -hmm. what I mean I do yeah you're listening and I can feel it yeah I can feel the intuition just like flow Mm -hmm. it just comes out really really naturally Um, it's always come out easy when I work with my clients where it hasn't been easy or let me rephrase it where it hasn't been so flowing is with myself like my own intuition for myself in that um you know, hearing what I need to hear, just like I would give to one of my clients. And that's what I'm working on now, which is, which is pretty cool because I always thought, oh, I'm intuitive, you know, I, but I don't, I don't, because of the value thing I was mentioning earlier that I'm working on now, it's like, I'm finally discovering like, oh, I'm not listening because I'm not valuing it. So I think that's another thing to add on to what you're saying is value your inner voice, value that intuition that is putting you in a space of your best, uh, your best person, your best future, your best opportunities, and all of those C words. So I love that. I think that that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and, I, and just go ahead. No, I, I was going <laughs> to add um, one thing is that we spend a heck of a lot of time thinking about busy me or what's wrong with me when because I feel this way. When if we would spend a little bit more time getting to know viscerally, this is visceral. It's not just a mental exercise. It's like, how does my body feel when I'm Mm. in the woods? How does my, how does my heart feel open? How is my, how do I talk differently? Maybe my, my vocal tone may be different, you know? So this comes into really understanding that best me and when we are at our optimal is a body mind coherence it's when it's when everything is in alignment and what we call entrainment so that we are really functioning at a very high level like a musician or an athlete at their very very best so um one last thing i just want to i want to get get across because i think it's really important for people to know this um emerson said one of my favorite quotes of ralph waldo emerson he said who you are Speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Mm, I've heard. Yes, I love that. Oh, right. And who you are, speak so loudly. In other words, when you walk into that meeting, when we used to have live meetings, remember that? Yeah. But but I think, yeah, (laughs) 
I think it also translates on screen, honestly. But who we are in body-mind and our state of being is showing up before we even utter the word hello. Mm -hmm. So to be really, really careful and to really make sure that you are in that state of best me, like you are in the woods, before the interview, before the presentation, because others will sense it. They may not know it mentally, but they're going to sense it on you. And so... That's where it comes back feel it. to the yeah. beliefs, right? It's just checking in, just like this whole series is about. Yeah, it's like when you can tell a friend or a spouse isn't listening to you when you're griping about something or when you're asking them a question. You know, it's like they're they're in busy me mood. Totally. <laughs> you know, they're totally. just like not there with you. They're not present. And mm-hmm. I think that that's another aspect of what you're conveying with your best me is there's a level of presence that, that is available when you have that feeling and that sensation and that connectedness that allows you to to take that information and, and do something with it. And so that's really the last missing piece from, from what, what you're offering here to my listener is that once you allow yourself to kind of have that bandwidth and put yourself into more of the best me mind states where you're allowing that flow and you're you're letting that intuition rise to the surface how do we like what i was saying earlier about that that mind trash that gets in the way or talks it down or like when you get a great inspiration uh, of an idea or you start feeling really excited or good about something and then all of a sudden that mind trash comes in goes oh you can't do it you're not good enough or you you know the confidence thing all of that what are some of the things that they can do to allow that intuition, the good stuff, to stay present and to actually fulfill on action? It's a great question. And it's a, it's a loaded question because it's, uh, you know, this is our life's work is mm-hmm. to really operate from our most optimal state of clarity and calm as much of the time as possible. So, um, what I'd like to offer people is the hmm, is the challenge, I guess we can say, to make your optimal state your default state. What if we practiced being optimal and really got to know our best state of clarity and calm, like we are in the woods, mm-hmm. and we became so accustomed to that because that's our natural state. It's not like we it have is. to work to I get agree. there. Right. What we're really doing is removing the obstacles. We're removing the the unhelpful. I call them unhelpful. Sometimes they're destructive. I know I've had destructive mindsets. Yeah. But they're oh, unhelpful. Yeah. And the more the stronger and more grounded we become in ourselves, in our optimal state, the more quickly we recognize the that ugly that ugly doubt when it arises. Like for me, it still happens all the time, but I see it. I see it so much more quickly. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's no, that no, awareness. No. Exactly. Yes. You just hit it right on the head. I think creating the distinction gives you an awareness and a sensitivity to it that you normally would like just listening to this episode for my listener. And I, I, I'm encouraging them to try this, please, because having that distinction of something so subtle that you can dial into that frequency and it'll feel good, 
right? So we all want to feel good, right? Everything we do in life is all about feeling better, feeling relief, feeling good. So here's a simple thing that you can do in whatever manner uh, that it takes you to get there is to allow more and more of that to take uh, center stage. And I think just having that awareness of it is going to make you, it's like being hooked on a drug. It's like, yeah, I want more of that. (laughs) Well, that's it. And so, so it just comes back to that final, that simple question. What makes me feel alive, fully mm-hmm. alive? And then also when you're out there on the beach, in the mountains, in the woods, or wherever it is with your guitar, just nod your head and say, ah, yes, this is it. This is this it. Is yeah, it. This totally. is who I am. This is who I am. It's, it's, I love it because it's almost like, you know, for the corporate dweebs, as we all once were at one point in our <laughs> lives, you know, it's like when we got on vacation, and we got to get out in nature, whether we went, you know, on a cruise or to a beach or to the mountains to hike and stuff. Being out on that vacation and breathing oxygen and getting out of the cubicle city and everything was a, a, a state changer for people. And I remember like when I used to go on vacation, it took me two to three days just to come out of my my busy me and get into that best me. And it did take being in nature to do that. And I think that knowing that we all have access to that, because we've all experienced it at some point in life, we all know what that is. We just got to go and distinguish it, create that awareness, and then just allow it to happen and and create, even if we have to physically manipulate it by forcing ourselves to be outside when we normally wouldn't, uh, things like that. I think that that's really powerful. And just for my listener, I'm going to have links to Kara's information on the show notes page, but I just want to point out that remember that beliefs are just thoughts that you keep agreeing with. And when you allow more of this intuition, this connectedness, this best me energy and thoughts and intuition to flow through you and to you, adopt those beliefs as your new beliefs and your new thoughts that you want to agree with. Because if they make you feel good, then that's really where you want to be. You want to be in that place where you're feeling good and you're in your best me all the time because you can still be busy and be your best me. (laughs) So Kara, I want to thank you so much for what you contributed. I've got to have you back for sure because we want to see how you're coming along in this new model. Very excited about what you're doing and I'm so happy that you joined us today. Well, it's been so much fun. Thank you, Terry. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.